0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Hackers and Zen podcast. You're about to join Erica, Jax, and John for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal setting. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: cybersecurity family out there, and especially our hackers and Hexen listeners. We have yet another exciting guest on our show today. Joy Huggins, who is the founder of Defender Academy, is going to share her personal journey into cybersecurity. She is a cyber coach, a military veteran, and a foster kid. Her background is vast and diverse, and we are thrilled to have a chance to unpack her journey today. Joy, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: I'm well, thanks for having me, ladies, thanks.
1: Absolutely, it's our pleasure. When Marco and Sean sent us your information to have you as a guest on the show, it we were so excited. I started kind of digging into your background, so I'm really excited because you have just a really diverse and interesting background. But before we really kick it off, will you just take a few minutes to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you got into the cybersecurity industry?
2: Um, Just um, one, I love cyber. Um, I always have. Um, When I was a foster kid in the suburbs of Skokie, Illinois, um, I essentially got into it because uh, my grandmother, she worked uh, at Zenith. Um, she was a programmer representative, um, which is like this computer technology company. I don't know if they still exist, maybe bought out by RCA. I don't know. But um, essentially uh, started toying, tinkering and toying around with the things that she brought home and, you know, um, just the love for her cyber grew from there.
3: Oh, that's awesome. So being a foster kid, I'm sure from your background, you know, that that brought its own challenges, right? So... How has that really, you know, shaped the way that you've been able to take the experience that you had, you know, growing up in that kind of system? Um, you already, you know, had had to face a lot of adversity and challenges in your life. How have those challenges helped to get you to where you are today?
2: I would say that being a foster kid prepares you because it gives you an extra coat of grit and resilience. There isn't much room for um, not completing tasks or, or and, and the sense of looking at your life in goals. Like um, if you can't get a family, then what's the thing that I focus on? I focus on myself or I focus on the streets or I focus on something else. Um, it allows you to pivot. It allows you to uh, take deeper dives and, and really look into um, how you can make something better. And essentially, that's what cybersecurity is about. It's about having the resiliency to stay with a problem or project, knowing when to step back, knowing when to step away, um, and 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 essentially figuring it out from there.
3: Yeah, and. Um- And with that being said, Joy, do you find that that resiliency within the need for resiliency within cybersecurity was something that matched up really nicely with your background? Do you think that that was something that was just inherently like natural to you?
2: Um, Yeah, I think it came. I think I was blessed because it just came. I'm not going to say naturally. It was one of those things that I had to work less at than the average person. Um that does not mean I don't have to put in the work. That does not mean that right. you know, I'm out here hacking things the first time around or I'm I'm problem I'm solving problems the first time around. Absolutely not. It um I, yeah, I I think that you would need to have a certain level of resiliency when problem solving in this industry because, you know, cyber something you have to know when to step away to fix to modify to come back to uh, if you don't have that, if you don't have that skill, it really makes it hard for you to progress or, or you to solve a problem. Yeah, well
1: said. Resiliency is such a big key in any industry in, in life. And I I feel that, and maybe you can clarify this, I feel like the younger generation is maybe not as resilient as uh, we are because, and especially if, with the struggles that you've gone through, and Eric has had her fair share, and definitely I have. And I'm I'm curious with the company that you run, uh, you educate the next generation of cybersecurity professionals. That's the premise of your company. And do you find when you're educating and you're working with the next generation that maybe they don't have as strong as re- resilience as you did at the same age? And if so, how do you help them to become more resilient as they enter into this industry?
2: uh i I think the i think the opposite i think that as it's all about engagement with gen z and newer right if you can't hold them you lost them it's it's not for them right this generation has the privilege of choice of options you know the generation above us you had the four occupations you were doctor lawyer finance um you were hospice, you know, medical, you know you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're, you didn't have the plethora of options that you have today. Um, the, the jobs today dive so deep um, into micro subgroups that you can do, you know, um, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and for if you were a girl back in the day, right? You, you, Your options were even limited. You were either a teacher or a nurse or you were stuck at home. Uh, but we have, again, the girls today and the generation today, I would say they're just as resilient, if not more. I mean, imagine being distracted by everything in life. Just everything is just being thrown at you 24 hours a day. But then somewhere and somehow you have to learn how to focus, right? You have to learn how to focus and succeed at focusing. You have to develop a desire to learn with all the different things you can learn. Like I don't think that it's a lack of resiliency. I think it's more of a, um, I think it's more of self discipline and and there's a minute difference between self discipline and resiliency. Um, and I say that because uh, self self discipline requires you to already establish those goals. You've already have the goals. You already know where you're going, and you know I need to not eat six or seven honey buns if I if I don't want to get fat, or if you know I want to, you know, if I want that those thousand dollar shoes, I know I need to work forty hours. You know what I'm saying, like. It, self discipline requires you to already be at a place of i understand my goal and i know what i need to get there resiliency <laughs> is not knowing none of that is not is not having any idea of where you're going and having to learn from failure right it's constantly being able to accept failure as a teacher vices and adversary right so um I would attribute it, the distractions as the reason for the lack of focus, right? Um, and so I, I, again, I don't know if I, if I went around the world answering your question, but, uh, TLDR, right? No, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's about resiliency. I think it's more about self-discipline, but I mean, at no fault of their own because of the distractions.
1: I love that. I love that explanation. That was well-defined. And I want to circle back on one of the last things that you just said was about failure, because I think that is a big thing that is more challenging for the social media um, society that we live in, because Until I'm seeing it more and more now, but a lot of us didn't talk about our failures. We only showed the grass being greener on the other side, which and we've seen it now through research that the impacts of social media and the negative impacts that it can have on us if we look at it in a subjective instead of an objective way. Uh, how do you get through that resi- uh, uh, resilience, but how do you get through that failure or how do you talk to your students when they do face failure and you teach them that through failure is where you really receive that growth in your life?
2: So cybersecurity is the best kind of teacher in this environment, if you ask me, right? You're going to fail so much. <laughs> you're going to take joy and the lessons you learn from failing. And what I teach my students when they fail is... Let me rewind back a little bit. The kids today and learning any STEM field need to be okay with failing, right? And the only way they can get comfortable with failing is if they're in a safe space to fail. People are only afraid to fail when the possibilities of failing is so adverse it prevents them from succeeding. If the consequences negatively outweigh the positive outcome, people don't attempt it. They don't try it, they don't do it. We see it with babies, we see it with kids, we see it with teens, all phases of life. And that can be prevented if they're in a space where it's okay to fail. So that's why I brought that up about failure. Like my students, when they fail, I'm like, oh yeah. Um, no, you didn't do that right. You didn't do that right. Um, you know, uh, can we, can we try it again? You know, and sometimes, you know, I'll get some angry kids like, no, this is stupid. This is, this is dumb. Why do I have to do this? Well, I don't know why you have to do this, but you registered for this class or your parents did. I don't know. I'm not here to obligate you to do anything, but what I would encourage you to do it's harder right let's try a different path right and i'll walk through the problem with them and then they'll be like oh but i knew that's where i messed up yeah it is <laughs> that is where you messed up i don't even know how you messed up there because you know we went over there like ten times. but i mean at the same time you know like i said it, being softer about failing is is the key and how social media plays into broadcasting the failures if there's nothing but positivity that can come from that because it it has come from people just displaying the grass is greener on the other side. Well, see, I grew up through failures. My parents' failures, you know, caused the situation I grew up in, in which I learned that I am good, I am I am a kind, I, I can be successful. But I have to make sure I don't make those decisions. And so I learned from their failures, right? So, and and it just kind of resonated with me very young. You know, I was number five of six, right? So for me, I was able to see, oh, see, that didn't work out. You know, um, yeah, that didn't work out. You know, my brother got cussed out by my, by my grandma, and, you know, my sisters were, you know, probably not doing what they were supposed to be doing. I, I learned, oh, okay. You know, and there's so many studies on sibling placement and how usually the more successful ones are going to be towards the latter end, or, or you know, or in the middles somewhere, you know, because they take failure as as its teacher. Um, so, um, I, I to answer your question, I think it is great that people are exploiting their failures um, because if we lived in a world where everyone. Was perfect. There would never be change. There would never be succeeding. We would still look like thirty years ago. So, forty years ago.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Uh, failure is a critical part, and I know I know that Erica is really wanting to take the mic back, but I have one more thing that I want to ask you on failure uh, because I always love this this uh, answer. So. Can you think of a time recently within, say, the last year or two that you had failure happen in your life that personally impacted you and how did you handle that?
2: So I'm all about family, right? I love the family that I have because I've always had to quilt my family together. And recently um, I got into I got into it with my my brother right um my i'm not gonna say my favorite brother but if he ever listens to this podcast he knows right and um he's going through a really tough time and instead of being an advocate for his mental health and under and being more understanding about his situation i kind of was like fix it like it's really not that deep sir just just fix it um, so my failure to be relatable with someone that I loved could have potentially cost me um, the relationship that I have with him. Now, um how how did I go about fixing it? I'm still doing that, right? Um, I, I usually start off with space because I want to make sure that when I reapproach, just like in any cyber security, in anything, I want to make sure that when I approach the situation, I'm maybe a little more delicate. I may be a little more sympathetic, empathetic to his situation, and instead of always trying to fix it and provide solutions, just hang back and and help him brainstorm. Right? Um, because I felt like I failed him in that moment, and and like I said, I, it, it really did it really did um did a number on our relationship. No, no fault of his own. No.
3: Thank you for sharing that story, um, Joy, and and Jax. Thank you for uh, passing passing along the mic. <laughs> In all seriousness, Joy, Jade. this has been
2: just me, right? Yeah,
3: Socks
2: Jax knows fire. I
3: love her, but Joy, you are you are so awesome, and I have so many questions. And first off, I just want to say. It is awesome, everything that you said. I mean, I was shaking my head, yes, yes, yes. When we're talking about re- resilience, when we're talking about the self discipline, when we're talking about that, um, failing right, the place cultivating a place of safe failures. One of the greatest lessons that I think I learned early on in my career personally was just to fail quickly at something and learn even quicker, right? And so that way, Mistakes are part of the job. It's part of life. We're all going to, to, you know, have plenty of mistakes in our careers and in our lifetimes, but it's how we handle and how we battle that adversity and take it as a learning opportunity that will then fuel continuous improvement. It'll facilitate the way that you're able to uh, collect more meaningful feedback, making it actionable. And how you mentioned, um, you know, even with the with the challenge that you just brought up with your, you know, with your family um, having that kind of actionable and like solution based feedback is also awesome because you're not just pointing out, okay, well you did this wrong. Here's a problem. You need to fix this. I think that it's awesome when us as leaders, you know, we really provide that kind of gut check you know hey what happened here because you know sometimes someone um, misses the mark because they didn't put forth enough effort but on the other hand sometimes the mark is missed because they didn't have the understanding or the guidance that they needed and i think that that level is an understanding that you know some managers may miss and us as leaders we really need to make a really conscious effort to kind of decipher hey what exactly is going on here was it a lack of trying because when what you mentioned joy earlier about you know i'm i'm gonna send this back to you and you're gonna do it again right and we've all been in those situations where we're reviewing something and we're just kind of like yeah they totally missed the assignment and i used to be one of those people that would just go through and review and leave feedback for the entire thing. And I've now gotten in the habit where I pause. I have a meeting, a quick powwow of, hey, here's a trend that I'm seeing all the way through. I'm going to pause my review. Here's my actionable feedback. I want you to take that feedback, apply it and take a second stab at that.
2: More of a comment than anything um, with all of that, Erica. Yes, 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 yes. I'm over here doing the, you know, the Willow Smith. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah I love. It. I'm, you, you know, and I'm just what what you're saying, um, back to Jax's point, generation Z, because of the distraction, will require much redirection and safe redirection. I say often, and I say it all the time, as we develop the next generation of cyber, it is important that we foster mentorship, Programs so that constructive professional constructive criticism isn't viewed as not meeting the mark. You hit it on the mark when you said there are tons of people in leadership and management positions that don't understand how much weight their words and their Mm -hmm. criticism carries. Mm -hmm. And with that, there will always be a high turnover in the STEM fields because of that lack of empathy, I'm gonna call it empathy. Yes, Um, yes. If we do not course correct the lack of empathy that's in our leadership, we will always have a high turnover. Oh, this report looks terrible take it back or, Hey, you know, you haven't been meeting your performance objectives. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have to separate our, we're going to have to go our separate ways. Well, what about remediation? And well, when we told you about the issue, that was your remediation. Well, it was an issue I've never dealt with before. How, where's my guidance? Like a lot of people feel a lot of, the older leadership feels like, oh well, I had to figure it out and I had to struggle and I had to take the six to nine months to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you need to do the same thing. I am not about that. You can dead that you can dead that. For me, I am not about that. If I have the answers and it's something that I that took me time to get. Now, if you can just Google some stuff, I'm 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 gonna tell you, you got the search engine for a reason. Uh-huh. But if it's if it's something that my experience taught me, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm going to walk you through the problem. I'm like you said, I am seeing a trend that once it gets to about level four difficulty, you're, you're ready to quit. And we're on a scale of 10. I'm, yep. I, I need to figure out what it is that I can get you to get past level four difficulty. Mm-hmm. Right. Or one of my classes attendance was a whole problem. A whole problem like i enjoyed the free money but at the same time i wanted to i want to teach y'all something right i want to i want to teach y'all something so i decided to change the time of my class just on a whim i reached out to the parents i sent an email i said hey i have noticed there's a lack of attendance i'm not sure if it's the time or if it's the content but I would like your your child to provide me with feedback as to what I can do to get them back in the classroom. So we took two, I was paid. We took two class periods where we talked about and we strategized about why y'all not coming to class. Some had situations, some had all the things, all the all the things. And what I and what I I brought that up to say, Generation Z and younger are in a distraction life is just different. The access to social media forces them to either grow up or set back and, and feel like they're never good enough. So their career, where they're spending, at least in the American time zone, where they're spending eight, six to eight hours a day and looking at me all day, they're 19 years old, I'm their first job, I'm you know, t- listening to boyfriend, girlfriend issues. And I'm like, that's not work related, please. Mm-mm. I don't know who broke into your car. I don't, I, I'm just needing you to get where We as employers and as educators have more of a parenting job than we ever wanted to ever have. But that doesn't mean the professionalism has to lack either. It's finding that healthy balance of building them up personally with the soft skills and professionally being a safe space allows any child to grow and flourish in any environment you know I've adopted my own kids now that I'm not not a real grown up I'm I'm almost there I'm almost being a real grown up but I I can say that I have had kids with second third fourth failed adoptions and I still can't figure out why. These are some amazing kids that I have. You know what I'm saying? These are these 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 kids are awesome. And I'm just trying to figure out where did I mess up to where I'm not getting the same kid. That's that's supposed to be all the things. That's supposed to be all the all the all the all the crazy. But wait, mm-hmm. what what am I doing wrong? But what I think is the difference is is providing a healthy space and when my kids make mistakes you know we got to talk about these mistakes and when these consequences are your choice right and it, the that took a lot that my first two they were unfortunate victims of my military knife chop Boop, boop. they were the, they were the knife chopped and i feel it and i hate it when i get it back and i hate it when i hear it when we talk about past and things like that but uh it, it was something I had to learn from. i I added on un, unintentionally I added on to the trauma of life by trying to build them when they weren't ready and mm-hmm. and then you know and so but to to bring it to bring it all back, it is so important, and I'll say it again, I'll say it fifty million times, I'll bring it up in every interview, post this one. It is so important that the leadership in STEM fields. I would say the arts, but we all kind of are under the same understanding that the arts, they kind of, you know, they kind—they got to be like super strict because of all the competition. They got to be a little crazy. But in regards to STEM fields, if our leadership doesn't soften their approach as to how they constructively criticize, you will deter and we will lose our fields to outsource talent every time.
3: Joy, when you said the lack of empathy, I immediately thought, you know what? Everything that Joy is about to say is going to remind me that this is everything that separates a leader from a manager, because a manager is there to provide you that check-the-box experience. But what you, Joy, are talking about is developing yourself into a true leader that can provide that safe place for your staff Mm -hmm. to flourish Mm -hmm. and for people to feel like they are receiving that care and that guidance. And, again, it goes back to emotional intelligence. And and I think that you're right on the money when it comes to, um, you know, not – Not having done that before in prior generations, they see it as a negative hand-holding type exercise, which it's not. Just because you've been doing something this one way for 40 years doesn't make it the only way to do things. And the same way now, I mean, if you look at um, all of your students, you can't put them in one bucket People mm-hmm. respond to things differently, and so that's mm-hmm. part of just building out your your EQ and developing that type of customized, you know, uh, feedback that you can give mm-hmm. each person so that it is meaningful to them. So I thought that was super, super powerful, and I and I do think that um, it needs to be reiterated time and time again to all of the managers in stem that are hiring that are developing mm-hmm. talent and mm-hmm. and that want to actually retain this talent because people don't quit the job they quit their manager quit the people
2: that's it they yep. quit the people every yep. time every time so
3: joy i know we could talk for like five more hours yeah. on this topic yeah, yeah, yeah. um i am not giving jack's back the mic because otherwise we're going to be here for another 30 minutes but joy it has been an absolute pleasure having you today you are just you're just amazing all around i love everything that you're doing um hopefully we uh we can have you as a return guest to continue to talk about all of these topics um if any of our listeners are wanting to connect with you get more involved in what you're doing uh, what's the best way to reach you
2: linkedin is pretty good for any connections that want to do podcasts or you know youtube or anything like that um other than that twitter but i'm not very active on twitter and then i guess yeah linkedin i'm uh yeah LinkedIn. That's, that's
3: all right that. ding 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 linkedin it that's is it. all right joy well Hackers and Hacks and fam, thank you for tuning in today. This was an awesome episode, Joy. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks again.
1: Thanks, Joy. Bye. Bye. Yep. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hackers and Hacks and Podcast with Erica, Jax, and John. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.